you're good to go. Welcome to the Nickel Package, Week 17 in the NFL. I'm Rob Pizzola, set to give you my top five plays against the spread for this week's action. Back-to-back winning weeks. Last week was a good one, 4-1 and one against the spread. That brings my season total to 46-31-3 against the spread. 15 games over 500 headed into the last week of the season. Joe Fortenball joined me in the second half of the show as he breaks down my plays this week and lets me know who he's taking in the Las Vegas Hilton Super Contest. But without further ado, here are my top five plays in Week 17 of the NFL. I guess you're the winner. Woohoo! There's a big, hairy American winning machine. <laughs> The Arizona Cardinals host the San Francisco 49ers. Last week, Carson Palmer threw four interceptions in Seattle, the toughest venue in the league, and Arizona still won the game. So much for Arizona's lack of a signature win this season. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and they match up very well with the 49ers' offense. San Fran loves to run the ball to set up their pass, but Arizona gives up the fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL. In fact, They haven't given up more than 83 yards rushing in a game since Week 7. Colin Kaepernick will face a lot of third and longs in this game, and that's not good for the 49ers offense because they're dead last in the league in first downs through the air. San Francisco's O-line has also struggled in recent weeks. They'll have a problem with the Cardinals' pass rush. Now, Carson Palmer has 24 turnovers this season. That's a lot of turnovers, but only 9 at home. He's been better at protecting the ball in Arizona. This is a chance for the Cardinals to make another statement against a San Francisco team that comes in on short rest. This is a pick'em game. I'll take the home team, the Arizona Cardinals. The Minnesota Vikings hosting the Detroit Lions. Now Detroit crapped the bed last week in predictable fashion, and that makes this game completely meaningless for them. Jim Schwartz knows he'll likely be fired at the end of the season, and it'll surprise me a lot if Detroit is prepared for this contest. Minnesota got beat up in Cincinnati last week, But throw that game out the window because Cincinnati crushes everyone at home. Minnesota has been very competitive as of late. 6-2 against the spread in their last eight games. They've been much better since Matt Castle took over at quarterback. And they'll be motivated for this game because it's the final game in the Metrodome. And speaking of the Metrodome, Detroit's won just two of their last 19 visits there. What's to like about Detroit right now? No motivation useless head coach, a turnover-prone quarterback, a terrible secondary. Don't overthink this one. Lay the field goal with the Vikings. The Miami Dolphins hosting the New York Jets. Now, Miami was pathetic last week against Buffalo. 103 yards of total offense, only six first downs. The main issue for this Dolphins offense, their offensive line. 58 sacks allowed this season. That's 11 more than any other team in the league. The Jets have 41 sacks on defense. They can get after Ryan Tannehill and disrupt him in this game. Miami can't run the ball to alleviate pressure either. The Jets have the best run defense in the league, allowing just 3.3 yards per carry. And the Jets will be motivated in this game as well. This could be Rex Ryan's final game as head coach of this team. What better way to send him off than to eliminate the Dolphins from the playoffs? Now, Geno Smith has been horrible this year. He did play well in Cleveland last week, though. He can rely on his running game as well. Chris Ivory, 5.7 yards per carry over his last 113 rushing attempts. Miami needs to win this game, and that's inflated this line. 
They haven't won a home game by more than four all season long. Don't expect them to do it this week. Hold your nose and take the Jets. The New York Giants host the Washington Redskins. Now don't overreact to last week. The Giants had just 279 yards of total offense, and they had a miraculous defensive touchdown to force OT. Detroit lost that game. New York didn't win it. The Giants' last three games, just 45 first downs, while opponents have had 74 first downs. And Eli Manning continues to struggle. Just 17 touchdowns and 26 interceptions on the season. He's without his number one weapon in Victor Cruz. Washington has been much more competitive with Kirk Cousins under center. Back-to-back losses, but each of them by just one point, and they could have easily won both of those games. Earlier in December, the Giants beat Washington 24-17, but look closely at that matchup. New York was held to under 300 yards of total offense. A costly Robert Griffin III interception and a Pierre Garçon fumble cost the Redskins that game. The Giants are just 2-9 against the spread in their last 11 divisional games as a favorite of three or more points. New York is an auto-fade as a favorite for me. Take the points with the Washington Redskins. Finally, my favorite play of the week, the Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. If you haven't figured it out yet, Baltimore sucks. The Ravens need to win this game, but that doesn't outweigh the fact that they're absolutely horrible on the road. 2-5 away from home this year, with losses in both divisional games at Cleveland and at Pittsburgh. And to make matters worse, their quarterback Joe Flacco suffering from a knee injury that he sustained a couple of weeks ago. Cincinnati still has a chance to get a first-round bye with a win here and some help. That's motivation for this team in their final game of the year. They're 7-0 straight up and against the spread at home this season. They've scored at least 41 points in each of their last four home games, and they've won their home games by an average score of 31-15. Andy Dalton struggles on the road, but he's lights out at home. 15 touchdown passes in his last four home starts. Baltimore has only generated five sacks in their last four games, so expect Dalton to have a lot of time in the pocket to make plays down the field. This game will not be close. Lay the points with the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are my top five plays in the NFL this weekend. We now welcome in Joe Fortenbaugh of the National Football Post as he evaluates my plays and lets us know who he likes in the NFL this week. Joe, how's everything going? How the holidays been treating you? Oh, very well, Rob. Very well. I'm, uh, some of these bowl games have been all right that we've been watching. I uh, enjoyed watching that Utah State game last night. was on the right side of that. But um, I know between that and the NFL, I'm excited for this uh, next two-week stretch here because we've got a lot of big games coming up. And while it's always fun to watch football during the week, no matter who's playing, I, I think some of these games are going to get a lot better moving forward. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Let's get right into it, Joe. Uh, my first play of the week, Arizona and San Fran. A lot of people surprised last week when Arizona obviously went to Seattle and upset the Seahawks. Uh, That was a shocker for me. The, The Cardinals hadn't had a signature win all season, but I'm going right back to the well this week. A lot of times we may see a letdown in this spot, but this game very important for Arizona, obviously, with the final week of the season. I think the Cardinals are just a really good home team. I don't think they deserve to be in a pick'em range here. I expected them to be laying a field goal. I see some good line value with Arizona this week, Joe. 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I think a tip of the hat is in order to everything Bruce Arians, the head coach in Arizona, has done for this team this season. A lot of people, um, myself included, and a lot of the professionals in Vegas thought this Arizona team wasn't going to be very good this year, playing in a very tough division. They thought if anyone made a run at San Fran or Seattle, it would be the St. Louis Rams. And here comes Arians with a broken down Carson Palmer, finding ways to win games. I mean, this is a 10-win football team, and I think last week's signature win at Seattle is the tipping point that should put Arians over Andy Reid for Coach of the Year candidacy. Um, I really think he's done a tremendous job. And here they are again, Week 17. It's a situation where they need a win to try to find a way to get into the playoffs. It's unbelievable that this team can win 11 games and not go to the postseason, but such is the case in the NFC this year. Game open, San Francisco minus one and a half on the road. It's a short week for them, having played the Monday nighter against Atlanta, which was probably a little bit more than they expected from the Falcons. But the line has since moved to exactly the way you're betting. It's moved to Arizona. It's now in the pick'em range. I agree here, too, with the way Arizona's played this year, number one especially at home. This is a team with a solid home field advantage. Um, this is a rematch game, San Fran on short rest. I would have figured Arizona would be laying a few points here. But again, San Francisco is a very public team, and Arizona, despite 10 wins, isn't the type of team that's gotten a lot of love this year. People aren't really paying attention to them, and they don't seem to like them all that much as a betting choice. So I do think you're getting a great price here, and you're going to get a very highly motivated football team, especially coming off that Seattle win. So if I'm picking a side here, I'm, I'm siding with you, and I'm going Arizona. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned the home field advantage for Arizona as well, because I don't think a lot of people realize how big the home field advantage is in Arizona. You know, we talk about Seattle and New Orleans week after week, uh, Cincinnati very strong at home this year as well. But aside from that, you can make the case that the Cardinals are probably a top five team in terms of home field advantage in the league, Joe. Absolutely. They hammered Indianapolis there. The only game they lost at home, uh, to my recollection, was that Seattle game on a Thursday night, which, mm-hmm. okay, so be it, divisional opponent at Seattle. Um, it was early in the season when this team was still, well, not early in the season, but a few weeks ago. Um, but but they've played quite well since. And another team to throw in there, and this is a little bit off topic, the Buffalo Bills. Yes. No one wants to give them any love, but at home, that team is a complete 180 from what you see on the road, pitching a 19 nothing shutout over Miami last week, and that shouldn't have come as much of a surprise to people. They play very well at home, and if they were a better football team overall, we'd be talking about that home field advantage, but we're not. But Arizona-Buffalo, two teams that deserve a heck of a lot more love in that department because they have played lights-out football in their home confines this season. Absolutely. Buffalo's made us some good money at home this year. Uh, Joe, let's move on to Minnesota and Detroit, and we talk about home field advantages. This will be the final game at the Metrodome for the Minnesota Vikings this week. I like them a lot. Uh, Detroit obviously coming off that demoralizing loss. They lose to the Giants in overtime. That's back-to-back demoralizing losses for them on field goals late in the game. Vikings aren't a great team, but they've been very competitive as of late. 6-2 and two against the spread last eight games. I don't really take much out of last week's game in Cincinnati because everybody's been getting killed at Cincinnati so far this year. Uh, a field goal price with Detroit having no motivation in this game. I like Minnesota at home, Joe. Simple. Simple analysis here. Uh, this is one of my favorite plays as well. Uh, not much to get into with this game. It's similar to a bowl game. You've got one team with motivation, which is Minnesota, and you're right. Despite the really poor record, they've been really feisty and really competitive down the stretch here. The game at Baltimore, for example, and I'm like you. I didn't do anything to their power ranking based on what happened at Cincinnati last week. That happens to everyone. That's not a big surprise. Well, I'm sure we'll get to Cincinnati in a bit, mm-hmm. but that team's 7-0 and straight up and against the spread at home this year. Not a surprise. I think this team's going to put up a fight. Meanwhile, Detroit with all the motivation in the world with the Aaron Rodgers injury, 
completely collapsed and folded up shop down the stretch. Schwartz is no doubt going to be fired as the team's head coach. These guys have nothing to play for, and they are now officially out of contention. So let me ask you this. When you've got the world to play for due to the Aaron Rodgers injury and you play like crap and find ways to lose, what's going to happen here when you've got nothing to play for? That's the big question. I don't like Detroit one bit in this game. I don't think they show up at all. I think Minnesota wins going away. I agree 100%. All right, Joe, let's move on to my third play. Uh, Jets and Dolphins. Now, to me... I don't like backing the Jets on the road. It's not something I like to do, but I'm going to take them in this spot because I feel like this line is very inflated. You look at Miami at home this year. They haven't won a single home game by more than four points, and now we got them laying six, six and a half, depending on where you're betting it. The Dolphins' offense isn't that good. They have some serious O-line issues. They've given up 58 sacks this season. Jets have a very good defensive line. I think they can give that Dolphins' offense some trouble. I'll take the points of the Jets on the road, Joe. Yeah, this is an interesting one because I've seen people going both ways on this one in Vegas. As, as far as Miami's concerned, they've got everything to play for. They, they're, they're coming off a loss at Buffalo, humiliating, so you figure you get a good week of practice. And number two, they're still technically in the hunt for the playoffs. They're going to need a little help to get there. But a win here would get the ball rolling in that direction. So you've got a motivated Miami team playing at home. You've got a Jets team with nothing to play for. They're not sure if Rex Ryan will be back next year. But you're right. You look at this line, I'm thinking three and a half, maybe four. Now we're seeing six, five and a half. You know, this thing, maybe when the public gets involved, it gets up near a touchdown. That, that, that's, that's worrisome to me because Miami's not an explosive team that blows people out. Look at the Pittsburgh game. That came down to the wire. Yeah, they handled the Jets in New York a few weeks ago. And you never know what to expect with the Jets. So personally, for me, this game's a stay away. I, um, I want to lean to Miami because of the motivating factors. But like you said, Rob, it's too many points to give a defense that's going to be able to get after this offense. Tannehill got banged up last week. He's probably not 100% for this game. While there's a lot of motivation, it's a lot of points to lay against a defense that can make some plays and stifle the offense. The question is, can Geno Smith protect the football to an extent. We know he's going to turn it over. Mm -hmm. Can he not have one of those disastrous four-turnover games that completely crushes anyone betting the New York side? Yeah, and you know, Joe, one thing I wanted to talk about, and of course I left my numbers at home. I spent the last couple days uh, going over Week 17 from years past and looking at teams that need to win and how they fare in those contests, and it's not good numbers against the spread. I don't have them offhand, and I'll tweet them out when I get home later on today, but uh, you look at teams that need to win, these lines are getting inflated. Like you said, you know, I expect a four, a four and a half in this type of spot, but you're paying a premium to bet these teams that have postseason aspirations. I think it's a good bet to play against these teams in the final week of the season, Joe. I I know a version of what you're getting at. I don't have the exact number, but it was something like this. Over the last two weeks of the season, um, going back maybe 10 years, when there's a team that has something to play for, i.e. a playoff berth, versus a team that's been eliminated, the team that's been eliminated is like 90 and 50 against the number. It's somewhere right around there. So, so it does favor exactly what you're talking about, taking the team that has nothing left to play for versus the team that's got a lot to play for. And uh, I, I think the exact reason why is what you just said. They're inflated lines. This number is, is too big. I, I'm not sure why. They should, Miami would be laying six, especially coming off the Buffalo loss. Any, anybody in the public who watched that game last week, they're going to be very tentative to play the Dolphins, having watched them get shut out against the Bills team that no one in the public likes to bet. All right, Joe, let's move on to my fourth play this week, Redskins and Giants. These are two teams that have had nothing to play for for a long time now. Uh, two of the worst teams in the league. In fact, two of the worst teams I can remember in recent memory. Um, 
you know, I never expected to play this game this week, but I'm looking at three and a half points at the Redskins right now, and I like it. Uh, they've been a lot more competitive with Kirk Cousins under center. Back-to-back one-point losses could have easily won both of those games. And you look at the Giants' win this wins this year. They may have won six games, but I don't know if they've deserved to win even one game this year. They do it with smoke and mirrors. Uh, last week, they needed that miraculous defensive touchdown uh, to force OT against the Lions. This is not a good football team, and they're not good in the role of the favorite. I'll take the points at the Redskins on the road, Joe. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't even want to talk about this game. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you picked it, but I, I've got no lean here whatsoever. This is this is a tough one because, like you said, it, it's two teams with nothing to play for. I would say this though: the Giants, at least. As bad as they've looked this year, they've thrown a few punches this season. They've shown up for some games. They've tried to find ways to win. I mean, they have grinded out some wins this year. Granted, it's come against awful competition, but then again, what's Washington? They're awful competition. Um, the Kirk Cousins thing looked half-decent two weeks ago. Last week it was a disaster. Um, you know, this is week 17. You're not sure if your coach is going to be around next season. There's not a whole lot to play for. I do find it interesting that the game opens three and moves three and a half. It, it, that does look like the early money coming in to support the Giants, which I'm not sure if you'd want to lay points with them in any situation, mm-hmm. but against Washington, as dysfunctional as they are, New York would be the team I would pick in Week 17 that would say, look, the season's over, but let's show up. Let's try to find a way to win this game, and we'll ride off into the offseason. It could be the end of Tom Coughlin. This guy's won two Super Bowls here. Let's send him out on the high note and knock down a division rival. So that's the side I would lean to um, if I was to make a pick in this game. But, boy, is it ugly because neither of these two teams can be trusted all that much. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not in, in love with that play, but I just, I just see value with the points on the road, especially with the way Washington's played as of late. Um, to me, they haven't done it with smoke and mirrors. They've been out gaining their opponents in the last couple of games. Uh, they had Dallas on the ropes last week. Granted, we thought that was a great spot for Washington last week. Uh, again, an inflated line because Dallas needed to win that game. But um, I do think it's too many points there. But I'll tell you, in this final game that we're going to talk about here, I don't think it's too many points. I don't know. I don't know how many points it would have to be for me to lay off of Cincinnati in this spot, but the Bengals are so good at home this year. They're taking on a Ravens team that's been overrated for the whole year because they did win the Super Bowl last season. Baltimore, obviously, with the injury to Flacco, it looks like he's really struggling with that knee uh, after he got hit a couple weeks ago in Detroit. And I, I can just rhyme off numbers with Cincinnati at home all day long. They're a great home team. They've played spectacular there in the past couple months, outscoring teams 31-15 to 15 at home this season. To me, this has all the makings of a route. I like the Bengals to destroy the Ravens this week. Yeah, not a whole lot to work with here. If you're looking for a six-point teaser play, this would probably be the top one on the board. But but you don't even need to get that far into it. You can just go ahead and play it straight. One of my top plays this week as well, um, and it's simple. Cincinnati at home, 7-0 and straight up, 7-0 and against the spread. They're winning by an average of 17 points per game. They're still going after the number two seed. So it's not like they're going to rest their starters. Um, they're playing the early game, which means no matter what happens with New England, they've got to go out and do what they want to do to try to get that seed. So you're going to get the motivation. Baltimore, on the other hand, gets shellacked last week at home against New England. Not not a major surprise. I know we talked about this game last, last week. Rob, you liked the Patriots in that game, right? Weren't they one of your favorites? Yeah, the Patriots were my favorite play last week. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, they, they came out and played great. And that was a mix of two trends right there. It's Baltimore at home, which they tend to be pretty decent, or the Patriots coming off a loss where they're very solid. That was obviously the side. The Patriots played very good football. Baltimore showing us this year, and especially last week, it's not the same team. And it's not to knock them. They're just not the same team they were last year. There's not a lot of motivation. They lost a lot of personnel and a lot of leadership. Joe Flacco's been terrible. And now he's going on the road, which is where he's especially terrible. His road numbers through his career have been bad. This season they've been even worse. You cannot trust this guy on the road. 
And you might point to the game at Detroit. They won a couple weeks ago on Monday <laughs> night. They didn't even score an offensive touchdown <laughs> in that game. It was six field goals that got it done. I think Cincinnati cruises here. Love this game. All right, Joe, we're in big agreement there. And I know on a personal level for you, uh, you and your partner are making a push at the money in the Las Vegas Hilton Super Contest. Uh, how did you guys do in Week 16 last week? And what are some plays that you're looking forward to this week? Three and two last week, so we're right on the bubble to make the money. Two weeks ago, going two and three hurt us, but a three and two week last week keeps us in contention. So we've got to come up big this week. Still looking to finalize the card, but I can tell you this. Cincinnati definitely on the card. Green Bay is on the card, and this is a strategic reason. They were catching four, four right. and a half points. Yep. But that's when the line came out Wednesday. Now Rodgers is going to play. It's a seven, seven and a half point swing to Green Bay. We have to play that game because everyone's going to be playing it. So Green Bay is going to be in there because of the line swing. Um, in addition to that, we're going to play the Saints at home. Uh, this is a team that's really, really struggled as of late. They're going to be laying 12 to Tampa Bay, but they have to win this game. They lose and Arizona wins. They're out of the mm-hmm. playoffs. They went from a possible one seed four weeks ago traveling to St. Seattle to now they might miss the playoffs. I think you come home. You're highly motivated. Yes, they lost Kenny Vaccaro defensively. Tampa Bay put up a bit of a fight down the stretch, but they've lost a few in recent weeks. Now they're hitting the road again after losing last week in St. Louis. We think the Saints cruise here. So we're playing the Saints, Cincinnati, and Green Bay for sure. We're leaning to Seattle. I love the fact that they lost last week at home. The offense looked so piss poor in that game that they came off a loss a few weeks ago against San Francisco and hammered the Giants on the road. We think they hammered the Rams here defensively. I'm not sure if they give up many points. I really don't think they give up more than 10 at most. I think you're going to get a good effort from the offense. We're also leaning to Minnesota, as discussed earlier. Um, a lot of motivation. Minnesota's been playing tough. Detroit's got nothing to play for. We're looking at... Um, we, we, my partner likes Miami. I'm trying to get him off mm. that game. And I, and I like the fact that you like the Jets because that's going to probably make it easier for me. And we're probably going to lay the lumber with Philadelphia. I'll tell you what, there are good losses and bad losses. I think that loss to Minnesota two weeks ago was huge for the Philadelphia Eagles. They were riding high on the five-game winning streak. They were on Sports Illustrated. This is a team that had nothing to be arrogant about considering what had happened the two previous seasons. They got arrogant because they got complacent. They went to Minnesota, and they got throttled in that football game. And following that, they came back, they regrouped, and they smashed the Chicago Bears. I think this is a focused football team. I think they're going to shred that Dallas defense. But I will say this. When I look at power numbers, even with Romo out, I think this is too big a spread for Philadelphia to lay. I think they cover it, but I don't think I'm getting any value whatsoever here. You know what, Joe? I, I left the Cowboys off my list. That would have probably been my sixth play of the week. They, they were very close to making it, but I, sometimes I feel like my, you know, my affinity to the Cowboys, I am a Cowboys fan, clouds my judgment a little bit. But uh, I do think it's a big-time inflated spread. I do love playing backup quarterbacks in their first start. I think that's a really good angle in the NFL. You know, teams tend to step it up when they know that their backup is playing. Tony Romo underwent back surgery today, so he's definitely out. Kyle Orton is in. And and one more thing with that game. Uh, look at Nick Foles against Dallas in his career. Nick Foles earlier this year really struggled against the Cowboys, threw for only 80 yards in Philadelphia. He was 11 of 29. And you go back to last year, he started both games against Dallas as well, threw only two touchdowns in both those games, two interceptions. Passing numbers weren't good either. For some reason or another, Foles struggles against Dallas. That's just something to keep an eye on. I obviously know that Dallas's defense is very, very bad. No Sean Lee again this weekend, but they are probably going to get Morris Claiborne back, so they get another uh, cover cornerback. There could be something there with Foles against Dallas. I'm not saying there necessarily will be. I I wouldn't be surprised if Philly went in and scored 40 points in Dallas this week, Uh, but that seems like way too many points to be laying on the road, Joe. 
Agreed with that, and um, I, I think the Nick Foles angle is certainly something to keep an eye on, too. That's why this game, like you, you being a Dallas fan, me being a Philly fan, I, I almost want to, I don't want to let my, my judgment be clouded by that. So I agree with that angle as well. I do like the fact that this is the night game. No, no betting aside, if you stay off this game, at least you're going to have something really good to watch Sunday night with two teams in the East fighting for a playoff spot. Absolutely. Uh, in regards to a couple of your other plays, Joe, I, I actually do like Seattle and New Orleans as well. I, I can't make a case for the opposing teams, but I do feel like those lines are a little bit inflated as well. And just on a personal level for me this year, you'll know this from the podcast as well. I've bet double-digit favorites like three or four times this year, and I don't think I've won a single one. Go, going <laughs> you back... That last week, too. You yeah. That last week. I, I did it again. I did it with Sam Fran on Monday night against Atlanta. There was my only loser on the podcast last week. I went 4-1. Uh, I I don't think I've caught a double-digit favorite this year, and uh, it's it's not something I would normally do, and sometimes I, I'm just too quick to jump into it, but uh, I do think Seattle and New Orleans probably blow out their respective opponents this week. I'll, I'll tell you what, with San Fran, the, the, the demise of that football team is going to be Colin Kaepernick this year. Yes. He just he cannot get it done. That was the softest matchup he could ask for. Monday night, must-win situation, Atlanta's crap defense coming across the country. That guy just looks so confused. He looks like a guy who still wants to run first, but that it's been drilled in his head that he can't do it, and he just looks so confused in the pocket. He's not able to get Crabtree involved against that defense. Vernon Davis didn't have a single catch in that game. I mean, I'll tell you what, they found a way to win because they play good defense, but they're not going to go very far in the postseason with that type of quarterback play. I've, I've felt that the 49ers have been maybe the most overrated squad for a month now. Uh, I don't see them winning the Super Bowl this year. To me, it comes down to Seattle and Carolina uh, in the NFC. I, I don't like Kaepernick at all. I agree with you 100%. There's just Sometimes he looks like he's standing in the pocket and he just doesn't know what to do. And there's too many times we've seen it this year where he just has a horrible, horrible half. And that's fine against a team like Atlanta on Monday night. But when you get to the playoffs and you lay an egg in an entire half, you're going home after the, the week's done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and moving forward, I, I, I've, I've been saying that. I know we've been saying that the last few weeks with that team. They're going to get into the postseason, and most likely it looks like they're going to travel in week one. I'm not saying, though. You, you know what would be interesting? I, I will say this, I, and this just came to me. I really hope Green Bay wins that game so that San Fran somehow has to end up at Green Bay because they've been handling them mm-hmm. over the last two yep. years, knocking them out of the postseason, getting them in week one. Yep. This would be a nice little shot at redemption for the Packers in this game because as poor as defense as they played. You get Rodgers back and he gets the tune-up this week against Chicago, finds a way to win. That's a great storyline for Week 1. Uh, I would agree 100%. And that would be a good playoff game for sure. San Fran Green Bay, I'd look forward to that type of game. Uh, Joe, as always, a pleasure breaking down the board with you. Uh, good luck this week and uh, we'll be talking playoffs next week. Absolutely. Can't wait for it. We get to cover every single game moving forward. And uh, good luck to everyone out there. Keep hitting us up on Twitter if you've got any questions. I know I've been MIA a bit this week with the holiday, but uh, we'll definitely be around all weekend. Thanks, Joe. That's Joe Fortenbaugh of the National Football Post. Uh, Quickly, my recap. I'm taking the Cardinals against the 49ers. I like the Vikings. Uh, They're a field goal favorite, but the Lions have nothing to play for in that game. I'll take Minnesota at home, the final game at the Metrodome. I like the Jets getting points on the road at Miami. I think that's an inflated line. I'll take the points at the Redskins at the Giants. Not my favorite play of the week, uh, but... I fade the Giants as a favorite in almost every spot, so I'll take Washington there. And finally, my favorite play of the week. Anything under a Bengals touchdown, anything with the Bengals under a touchdown, as far as the points they're laying in this game, I love it. Uh, I'd even go higher than that in this game. I think they roll at home against the Baltimore Ravens. They can still secure a first-round bye. They need some help. They need New England to lose. But Cincinnati has a lot of motivation in this game as well. I think they get the job done at home. This has been the Nickel Package, Week 17 in the NFL. 
Good luck with your plays this weekend. For even more of the best picks in football this week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola and at Joe Fortenbaugh. 